Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Yo, yo, what's good, wealthy people? Family, it has been way too long since we last got together. So I am thrilled to announce that on September 3rd, we are partnering up with our guy Sam from Black Real Estate Dialogue to put on an event, an experience entitled Black Wealth Now, Real Estate, Credit, and Tax Conversations. On September 3rd in downtown Dallas, we're going to have heavy hitters, past guests from BWR and Bread that are going to be giving out game on how you can attain your first property and grow a real estate portfolio, how to leverage credits to purchase assets, and how to minimize your tax liability. Man, I'm telling y'all, this is not an event that y'all want to miss. If you've been to a BWR experience before, you already know it's going to be good food, good people, good music, and a good time. So I highly suggest that you go ahead and grab your tickets. They're available in the show notes, and seating to this event is extremely limited. So if you're hearing this right now and you don't want to miss out, grab them tickets in the show notes. Can't wait to see you there on September 3rd. Peace. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with the shit. True. Late nights, early mornings. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, whatever yeah, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. Get money by more money. 
I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on plate. Well, Zan, with it, wealthy people. Your boy, David Bellard, quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance. You now tapped into the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast, often imitated, never duplicated. And in my opinion, the best damn show you could tap into. So we are grateful yes, for having sir. you here today. I Again, I'm David Bellard, one of your hosts. Here with my brothers, Jalen and Jared. How y'all boys doing, man? What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Jalen Clark, another quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. I'm feeling good, feeling great, man. Out in Dallas, hot as hell, but you know, we, we out here making it, dog. The building not too hot in here, so I'm blessed to be here. How y'all doing? Man, I'm getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Jared. Jay Spiller on the mic, look man. like that nigga from that movie. You do look like Adrian Broner. <laughs> but, hey, man, I'm ready to get into this exciting episode, man. We've been recording. We've been getting it in today, you know what I'm saying? Getting all this good information and stuff. So, I'm definitely ready to get into it with our next guest and, and, and learn more. You know what I'm saying? Just yes, keep, the, keep the path going. So, let's get it rolling. Yes, sir. Yeah, we didn't touch, we didn't touch a couple things. We didn't touch stocks. We didn't touch real estate. Now, we're about to get into some business shit. Shit, man so as always y'all already know i'm gonna give y'all the same disclaimer i always do we don't fuck around on this show we get some people who gonna bring you some real information that can help you in your life to benefit you and help improve your financial situation your mental situation or whatever you got going on and today is no different uh this is a brother i had the pleasure of getting connected with shoot this was november 21 i believe we read nah, no we, no no nah, actually we, at reggie uh, first yeah, event yeah uh, oh, june of 22 21 yeah. last year yep yep june 2021 so we met this brother he i hear he was telling us that he a chiropractor you know he had two practices which bust my head because he was like so you got two practices you one person he's like yeah man i, I do the damn thing don't fuck around with me like I, I do this like he a chiropractor a business coach and the vice chair of the arlington business chamber of commerce mm-hmm. none other than mr dr Kenyon Godwin. Kenyon, how you doing today, my brother? Man, I'm doing well. Doing well. Glad to be here with you brothers. Hey, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate Thank you for coming, you coming through. Out. Appreciate it. Always. Yes. Always. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, I want to thank you again for coming out here, coming meet us on the podcast. Uh, I want to start this off how I start everything, man. I, I would like for you to give an introduction to our audience to you in your own words. Well, I'll say um, Kenyon Godwin. Uh, a lot of people want to call me Kenyon or Goodwin. It's crazy, but it's Kenyon Godwin. And I just call myself a growth and leadership specialist. So I inspire people to be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so really, when you mentioned my background, whether you're talking about healthcare as a chiropractor, or whether you're talking about business coaching, it's the same business. And that's the transformation business. Mm-hmm. So that's my space is helping lead people to transformation so they can be the best version of themselves and show up big for their community, for their family and for their legacy. That's deep. That's people deep. maximize their purpose. That's my tagline, maximize purpose. <laughs> and, and obviously, I, you know, I'd be remiss not to mention that you know, I have a, a beautiful wife of 22 years. Uh, we celebrate 22 years June 9th. So uh, this month, 22 years. Uh, three amazing kids, all girls. So I'm a girl dad for sure. Uh, 21, 16, 8 at the time of this recording. Uh, and I'm a veteran. I served in the Air Force for eight years straight out of high school. So 
Congratulations! Yeah, I definitely did not know. So y'all, when y'all were talking about folks being old early, I was over there scratching my head like, "Ooh!" You said twenty-two years, bro. I was thinking you thirty something. Me too. Uh, that's how I feel, you know, when I when I go to the gym. But no, I'm actually forty. I'll be forty-one uh, November this year. I'll be forty-one. Hey, so you got married pretty young. I did. I did. So I've been. My life has always been accelerated so mm-hmm. from the time i was young I, I had a key to the house by the first grade yeah. uh, no probably not proper however it is what it is when you when you grow up in a household with a single parent and you live in those conditions you just gotta do what you gotta do so i was getting myself into the house so again accelerated growth i left my house at 17 years old so i graduated high school at 17 my birthday's in november back in the day you could start school as long as your birthday was that year, mm-hmm. whereas now there's a cutoff at like August. Mm-hmm. So I graduated high school at 17. A month later, I was in the military. So I've been on my own since I was 17 years old. I haven't depended on anybody else or lived with anyone else um, outside of my wife from 17. So we met at 17, we're five days apart. Uh, we met in the military, leaving basic training and uh, just fell in love. We were good friends, study partners for our job. And yes, we were young, we we're 18 and a half when we got married. But we've practically grown up together. You know, you know, we've from the bottom of the bottom to the highest of the heights. She's been there with me. We've uh, pushed and encouraged and supported each other. And uh, even though that's not a common thing, the, the idea of me thinking about my daughters being married at 18 is definitely scary. But our kids today, they don't have the same mental capacity and the same values and things that we experienced either. So we are definitely a, a different breed. But I think it's worth noting for us that a lot of times we glorify getting the bag, we glorify a whole lot of things in culture, but we don't glorify being a, a good spouse. We don't glorify being a great father. We don't glorify being uh, a good person and just taking care of your business and your family. And uh, so I just try to do that wherever I am so people know you don't have to settle for trying to smash as many as you can or lay up with as many as you can and hope to work something out. Your first business, your first opportunity to build wealth is your house, it is your family. Right, mm-hmm. you bring two incomes together. Now you you're forced to be reckoned with, um, and you got somebody to watch your back and bounce ideas off. And I think we really we really overlook the potential and the capacity there that we have when we when we have a union when we have a marriage. Mm. Mm, that's deep. That's starting off great days. already, man. Yeah, especially yeah. in these days, because right now we live in the times of everybody on the internet arguing about oh the man should do this and the woman should do that, <laughs> and it's like. We, we spending so much time arguing and trying to tear each other down that we're not recognizing that coming together is really where our power is at. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, and even to go back, go on that even further, it's like people, in my opinion, I get frustrated because they're, they're like, they're arguing, but they're not doing the math, right? One crucial part that I thought that was really cool about what you said was like, it's a two income household now. Yeah. So it's like, you might make 50K. But then she made 50K, but now y'all make 100 together, you know what I'm saying? And so it, it makes it to where y'all can do more, you can purchase more, you can leverage that up. But a, a lot of people, like you said, they don't, I, they can't see past. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Who gonna, who gonna pay for over half the rent? My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. 
an agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. To figure out, let's do the rest of it. Okay, if I'm paying half the, or I'm paying over half the rent, and then you saving your money on this other end, now we can go flip it into a rental, or now we can use it for our first down payment, or this, that, and the third. A lot of people don't get that far with it. And it's funny you say that, man, because I think part of the problem is when we start this whole independent movement, mm-hmm. so everybody want to have, you know, Neo, they want to have their own, they want to be independent, and they don't realize that's just pride. Because I can tell you from somebody that has businesses, that has a home, what happens is you try to get, let's say we see a, a nice up-and-coming neighborhood, mm-hmm. and you know early that it's going to be a great area. So you want to get a home. But if you're married, now that joint income comes into play, and now you can better qualify mm-hmm. for that home. You, you have a business, so you need to get good funding for your business. They look at, put in your, now they're going to ask you, what is your, your household? So if I'm by myself, I got my own house, that's cool. But now when I go to apply for funding, I'm looking at this mortgage because they ask you, what's your mortgage? What's your bills and your expenses? What's your income? All I got is my income. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, that's kind of tight. Mm-hmm. But when it says additional income or you know, spouse income, now I get to add her income in. And so now not only does it help me qualify with buying a house, but it gives me the leverage that I need to continue to build and grow my business. Hmm. So I, I kind of want to get into the journey a little bit deeper. So you go to the military Right out of high school. Right, right? out of high school. Um, did you go to school after that, or like, what, what made you decide to become a chiropractor? That's what. <laughs> I'll give you the short story, uh, and I answer your question as well. So really, um, what made me want to be a doctor was when I was twelve. My mom had a heart attack. Mm. I told you, single parent, single house, mm-hmm. single parent household. So I'm the oldest of three kids. When you in the hood and you are lacking. My mom doesn't have a car, has never had a car, has never had a driver's license, but she was everything that we had. So when you see someone who works at Tyson's Chicken, y'all ever heard of Tyson's yeah. Chicken? Mm-hmm. So that is the major employer where I'm from. I'm from Virginia, Whitesville, Virginia, and uh, they, they employ two thirds of the people there. Yeah. So she never made over $1,000 a month working there. Yeah. So when you talk about having a heart attack and, and you're in your 30s, her options were very few and limited. She couldn't afford the procedures or the medication. And so through my eyes at, at 12, the answer was, if they can't help her or they don't want to help her, I'm gonna find a way to do it. So that was my initial inspiration to be a doctor. Now fast forward, when I went into the military, I was 17, I had a medical job, I was a lab tech, and I just got this rush of trying to help. When, it was, when I had time to contribute to helping save somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And I remember a specific case, I was in Mississippi at the time, um, trying to help this woman live, and she was bleeding out really bad. I mean, we drained the whole state of Mississippi of Opa's blood, that's the most common type of blood, it's the most abundant, and we took all of it, trying to save her life uh, from a botched surgery. And then we went into Alabama trying to get more of that Opa's blood. I was 18 years old, and people that had been in the military longer than me, were, it was stress, and they were freaking out. I just stepped in with limited training at that time and just handled it. And what it did is it reminded me that when I was 12, I thought about being a doctor. 
but I knew I didn't want to deliver babies. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> knew I didn't want to do surgery. And the way we grew up, we didn't go to the doctor. So everything was a home remedy out of the mm-hmm. kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I don't know about this, but I'm going to try it anyway. And I pause there and say, at the end of the day, you always want to make sure whatever you do for your life, for your business, it's in alignment with who you are because you can't survive in contradiction. Mm-hmm. My first instructor was a chiropractor. And so he taught us the body using stories from his office. The only reference I had of chiropractic at that time was that one episode of Martin where Gina's dad was a chiropractor. <laughs> right? I don't know yeah, if y'all remember. Insulting what. His dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was all I knew. But I was like, man, it's about lifestyle. It's about nutrition. It's about exercise. That's more natural. That's in my, my lane. And so I just blindly pursued it. It took me seven years to get a bachelor's degree, not because I'm slow, but because I was in the military and I was moving around. So I had to start and stop over and over. But I never lost focus or dedication. And it just, you know, I moved here to Dallas just for that. Got out of the military after eight years, which most people would go to whole 20 at that point. Mm -hmm. But I knew God was calling me to do this. And so my wife and I both, you know, ended our careers to move to to the DFW. No jobs lined up, knowing I wasn't going to be able to work right before the housing crash for me to pursue this dream of going to school and then being able to help save lives. So your wife was in the military as well? She was. We both were. Eight years, same job, all that. Hey. So what does that look like, y'all relocating, y'all coming to Dallas right before the housing crash? So what year is this? So this was 2007. Okay. Um, It got real after that. (laughs) (laughs) So... Had you finished school or you were about no, to No, I was go? about to start. You was about to start, about to okay. Start. So I started school in 2007. I graduated chiropractic school in 2010, okay. August 14, 2010. So I'm coming up on 12 years. Okay. Well, congratulations on the 12 years. Thanks. So what does that look like? Uh, do you go into, once you graduate, do you go into actually working for a, a corporation, like the joint or something like that? Or like, what does it look like for you to start actually practicing chiropractic? So probably 83% of chiropractors when they graduate, they go and work as an associate, which basically means you go and work with another doctor. You learn from them. You build up, you know, your your reps. You build up some knowledge. You build a patient base. From the time that I was in school, I understood my assignment and that I was supposed to open an office and operate. Now, chiropractors is 68,000. Only 2% are black. Mm. 2%. So, like I said, I'm I'm typically either the only in the room, the youngest, um, or uh, the one-of-a-kind type weird weird, uh, situation. So I'm used to that, or being the youngest. Mm -hmm. So I just try to do what I do. So what I did was, being a veteran, the VA would pay for my last year of school. They would kick in and pay for my tuition for the quarter system. However, it's the government, so they pay late. And so they would pay, but they would pay at the end of the semester versus mm-hmm. at the beginning. So I still had to take out the student loans. But in that last year, I just had some wisdom where I was like, instead of me paying this back right now, let me put this in the bank. And so by the time I graduated, I had a little bit of money, and uh, I used that to uh, start my practice, to buy the equipment and things. And uh, it, it was definitely a rough journey. Um, I opened my doors October 7, 2010, straight out of school, and uh, I had enough money to last me till December 15, 2010, <laughs> and uh, didn't get my first patient, which we call practice members, to October 26. So I went almost 20 days 
without somebody actually coming into the office. Nobody walked through the door? Man, bro, it was, I was in such a weird location, but it was so bad. I was by myself. Mm-hmm. I remember picking up the phone just to make sure that- it, The line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, nah, it works. You know, I mean, I'm out here, I'm talking to people, I'm, I'm meeting people, I'm a part of groups, and it was just really slow starting. But uh, that's how I got started. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, God is good, and I just had some opportunities open up, and we just kept it going from there. Yo, yo, what's good, wealthy people? Family, it has been way too long since we last got together, so I am thrilled to announce that on September 3rd, we are partnering up with our guy Sam from Black Real Estate Dialogue to put on an event, an experience entitled Black Wealth Now, real estate credit and tax conversations on september 3rd in downtown dallas we're gonna have heavy hitters past guests from bwr and bread that are going to be giving out game on how you can attain your first property and grow a real estate portfolio how to leverage credits or purchase assets and how to minimize your tax liability man i'm telling y'all this is not an event that y'all want to miss if you've been to a bwr experience before you already know it's going to be good food good people good music and a good time so I highly suggest that you go ahead and grab your tickets. They're available in the show notes and seating to this event is extremely limited. So if you're hearing this right now and you don't want to miss out, grab them tickets in the show notes. Can't wait to see you there on September 3rd. Peace. So talk to me about like marketing the business. Cause I know that that's a scary idea in itself, right? You just getting out of school, you, you just got this knowledge and you don't have it proven in a clinical sense. So how do you get clients whenever you, you don't have a proven track record? You know, that's always that the quandary of the chicken before the egg. How do I get experience if you don't give me an opportunity to get experience? Well, so part of that is I had experience when you're in school, you spend your last a portion of your last year mm-hmm. in clinicals. So you are working on people. So you have that experience. It's, it's a little different, but it's still experience. I'll say the other thing is you got to really trust yourself. So it's weird that you think about you go to school to be a doctor. You have all this knowledge. You have that experience. And yet most of us still get out and doubt ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so just like you guys, you can have an opportunity to do some amazing things. But you're like, man, we've never done a show like this or for this network or on that scale. Well, it doesn't mean that you don't know what to do. I am today a product of everything I've experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. It's more than just school. Everything I've learned through life prepared me for where I am. And so what you do is you build trust with people. You be authentic. You be yourself. You have confidence in yourself. I joined a group called BNI. So I was a part of BNI. I'm going to the chamber. I'm, I'm speaking was my thing. So whenever I get a chance, still is, whenever I get a chance to speak, uh, I'm bringing people in. And so I got those opportunities. And then you just got to perform. You got to do your best. You got to get results. When you get people results, the cool thing is, it's like your podcast, it's word of mouth. When I hear about how great these results are, then guess what? I'm going to tell somebody else. Mm-hmm. And now that I got that trust, I can trust you with my family. I can trust you with my mother. I can trust you with these people that I know that are looking for your types of services. And so that's how you build it organically. Because back then, you know, I know I sound old, but back then the internet wasn't what it is today. Mm-hmm. I didn't have IG. I didn't have Facebook to help me market and build this practice. So it was still kind of old school. People still were using phone books. Mm-hmm. Right? My brother-in-law died suddenly. 
and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. So you just had... So, okay. You got some people through the door and you... You performed the work, you did the good work, and they started kind of spreading it through word of mouth. Um, can you talk about just like growing and running that practice? I can. So the, in the beginning, like I said, I was the uh, only employee of the practice, mm-hmm. took out the trash, answered the phones, did whatever was necessary to uh, do it. And I did it for free for uh, about a year and a half, almost two years. I, I didn't pay myself because, you know, I had to reinvest back into the practice. About a year in, we started growing a lot more. I had an intern come. Y'all know about interns. I had an intern that uh, come and do my reception. And so that allowed me to grow even more because now I don't have to keep answering the phone when it's ringing. Now it was ringing. It wasn't just, you know, me checking a dial tone. And so from there, went on and hired a front desk person. And I, I paid a front desk person before I paid myself because I understood I can go ahead and pay myself now, but then I'm not going to be able to have the help that I need to sustain this growth and continue to, to further it along. And so did that. And then before you knew it, things really started growing. And uh, man, I looked at every opportunity of what can I invest into this practice for the long game? Because I knew I was building something that was going to be special. And before you knew it, at my three-year mark, we were out of capacity. You know, it was a small office. It was only 500 square feet. And I had people lined up in the hallway waiting oh, wow. to come in because we only had four chairs on the inside for people to wait. And I had people that were actually starting to cancel appointments like, man, you know, uh, I can't, can't wait. I got to get to work. And so when my lease was up, we found another place. And it was uh, kind of scary because it was triple the size, triple the price. But uh, by faith, I talked to my pastor. I was like, man, I'm not sure because I'm just being real. The only thing I know how to do is be real and transparent with you. I'm not going to come on here and make up a bunch of stuff or try to look a certain way. That's not my concern. When you're going to the next level, if you're real about it, you're going to have some fear and trepidation. Mm -hmm. You're trying to go somewhere you've never been. And sometimes, oftentimes for us, you're trying to do something you haven't seen. And so that's where I was. Do I take this leap of faith and now triple my bills, triple my rent? Right when I just started paying myself, or do I stay small where I can see it being manageable and I'm comfortable? And I chose to step out there and do it, and it was one of the best decisions I made because from that point, the office just exploded. Now I had the capacity, I had the space, I could offer more services, and it just kept growing, growing from there until I got the opportunity to open a second practice. And was it was it only? I mean, I know I'm probably getting into a little bit more personal, but but was it only prayer? Was it only you just talked to the preacher? Because I I I would like to know just kind of the mindset, the frame of where you were when it's like I have a practice I can manage right now, like I can do this, I'm good, I can start paying myself and everything, and then I'm about to go to this other spot where it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna have enough. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay myself. What if they don't come over here? Like. Yeah, I mean, so I have to say this, man. I say my pastor, but he's more than my pastor. He's like my spiritual father. 
So it'd be like you going to your dad and bouncing this off of him. So it was more than just a, not from a preacher standpoint, but he's really good with business. Mm-hmm. Obviously talked to my wife, we talked through it all. But again, it came back to believing in myself. I would bet on me all day, all day. So I didn't really have a thing of I'm good because since I was little, I've always had a feel on the inside that I'm gonna do some great things. And that's what I chase. So it's not about this or that. I'm chasing the greatness that I feel inside of me and I just wanna see it manifest. So it was easier for me to step into it because I'm like, if this is the avenue or the road or the path to help me express that and materialize that, then I'm for it. I had to just understand that I'm afraid because I haven't seen it and I'm looking only at what goes, what if everything goes wrong? And that's where we get stuck. We'll get stuck on the side of the coin, heads or tails, what if it don't work out? But the other side of the coin is what if it does? And which one are you gonna believe? It's like the, the uh, report, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bible, when they sent out the 12 spies. You know, so they said, hey, all 12 agreed, the land is flowing with milk and honey. So that's like in today's term, hey man, real estate is good, business is booming, right? The bag is out there for, our, for, our, for the taking. But then 10 of them said, hey, man, but there's so many other business owners out there. There's so many people that do what we do. There's 50 other podcasts on the same street. I don't know if we're going to be able to make it. We might not be successful because they already established. But two said, we got this. Mm-hmm. If, if this is what, what God gave us, it don't matter. None of that stuff matters. And so you got to be able to say, I'm either going to go with what I can do and what I believe, or I'm going to be afraid of what goes wrong. That's deep. It's real. And I kind of want to talk about those years where you weren't paying yourself. What does that look like for you to actually survive? Is you and your wife, is she working at the time? She's helping out more on that. She's, you know, putting her faith into you. What does that look like while you're actually building up that practice? Uh, it looks like something out of a horror movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I can't tell you anything that was well I can I can think of two things besides two things it was a very scary and uh hard time mm-hmm. you know so we had two kids at the time mm-hmm. and so my wife was the only one working had been since we got here and of course she was waiting for me to be able to start paying myself because that took a lot of pressure when I'm in school I'm donating plasma twice a week both my wife and I oh, wow. just to pay, pay pay bills mostly for gas and food you got to remember when 2008, that was the last time gas was like it is now. Mm-hmm. We had an expedition I, at that we point. Kids then, had so an expedition? We had an expedition. expedition. When gas was $4 a gallon, I was driving an expedition at the time. We quickly got rid of that. <laughs> and uh, so it was scary, man, because I saw a lot of needs that I wasn't able to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And as a man that messes with your pride and, and your, your, your psyche potentially. But what I realized, that's where my faith came in when it got its strongest, because whatever I didn't have but and needed, God worked it out. I mean, from the most random stuff you can think of to literally checks in the mail that I wasn't expecting. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I mean, it was just crazy. So on that standpoint, we made it. We made it through. The good things that came out of it, of course, 
my faith being stronger, my wife and I, our marriage being strong, because a lot of people think they have a strong marriage. But if you haven't gone through anything, you don't know how strong your marriage is. You don't know how strong you are until you go, go through something that makes you weak. Mm. Right? And the other thing that came out of that, man, was my kids to this day, they still talk about those were some of the best years of their life. Mm. We think that they're missing out on a lot because we're not able to buy them a whole lot or go a lot of places. But for them, what they remember is different than what we remember. We remember the struggle. They remember all the creative things we did. They remember me taking them to the park every Saturday to make sure they got out and played, finding all kinds of free events and things to do with them to keep them entertained. And they loved that time because they had time, they had our attention, and we just made it work. Whether we was getting a pizza from Little Caesars and that was like a big thing, or going to CC's to the buffet, they remember those things. Even though in my eyes, I was like, man, sorry, y'all had to go through that struggle. In their eyes, it was like, those were great moments. So on one side of it, you know, it's, it's a struggle, but the other side of it is you grow. You know, it's like lifting weights. You can't expect to get muscle and build muscle if you don't stretch it. If you don't put it under pressure, if you don't strain at points, tear up the muscle, it, it can't rebuild to be stronger. And so we got to just be willing to go through that process. And a lot of people, I know they're like, man, I'm checking out now. He's talking about not paying himself. That's, that's hard. But I don't look at it as I didn't pay myself. I say it to make it, make it clear to you guys. I look at it as I invested in myself. I invested in my practice. I invested in my future. And I wouldn't be here today if I didn't. So... It's year two, you started taking a salary, you opened up a second office. How, how is it, you've, you've been running these practices for a while. I think it was last year you mentioned that someone was interested in purchasing one of the practices from you, is that correct? Yeah, so that still is a, a ongoing situation. Oh, we can't get too much in the weeds. So I can't get too much into it. Um, and I'll just tell you this, when you, when you build something and you build it intentionally, and you build it the right way, it should attract people to want to buy it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get into this thought process that we want to own everything and never sell it. Majority of people generate wealth because they sell their businesses. Even if you don't want to sell your business and you want to keep it in your family, it should be still at a point where somebody wants to buy it. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's not saleable because we're also not running it properly in a way that somebody would want to buy it. So even if you don't ever plan on selling it, run it as if Apple or somebody wants to buy your business. Create that kind of value in your business, and uh, it's a great compliment when someone comes. That's one of the best compliments you can get in business, for someone to say, hey, I want to buy you out. I mean, it's huge. It doesn't happen to everybody. So to even have an offer or have someone considering, that means a lot. Means that you really structured it correctly, made it like a product, and you made it valuable. Mm -hmm. Nobody buys trash. Can say that again. Nobody. When it comes to clothes, it's great to have options, but having pieces that you can wear anywhere is a must for everybody. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life seamlessly with quality you have to feel to believe, and with an impressive selection of staples to choose from. There's something for everyone. So whether you're on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, a solid pair of jeans, or super soft sweatshirts, American Giant has what you're looking for. Each American Giant piece is designed to last and created with commitment to doing things better. And all their products are made right here in America. 
Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop where anywhere closet staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code WA23. You you touched on something very important, too, and I think I I just want to gripe on it because I think black business owners have that really bad, that exit strategy Mm. idea. Like, the idea of selling a business to us almost sounds too emotional. Yeah, yeah, like, like, oh, man, why would Hmm. I sell this? This is mine. I shouldn't sell it. But as you said, most people making the the real influx of wealth is from selling the company, not from holding on to it forever. Like, I always think of this analogy, owning 100% of a grape or 10% of a watermelon. Like, if I own 10% of a watermelon, I got a bigger slice. I'm going to eat a little bit better than that little grape, you know what I'm saying? Correct. One of the things you said that uh, I thought about just then is, it's still, it's a mentality. It's the mindset. Because we're like, I don't want to sell this as mine. I own this. However, we want... We want full ownership, but that full ownership sometimes comes at a much bigger cost than what you realize. And as long as you play small, you're going to be considered small. So me being able to sell a business, you look at Bill Gates. We all hear the stories about how he started, you know, twelve, fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. But look at what Microsoft is worth today. He's a billionaire. Yeah. So now I ask the same people, are you willing to sell your business if, if it gets to a point of being you know, a, a billion dollar business. Absolutely, they're, they're willing to sell it. And being willing to sell your business doesn't mean you have to sell the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the other thing we forget. You can, you can put it on the stock market, which now you have multiple people buying shares. They are buying a part of your business. You may only own 10%, but your 10% is worth a whole lot versus the 100% that it used to be worth when, when you just running it and running it small. So we got to understand, man, we have an opportunity to build something and sell it because again, as value goes up, it's like real estate. You buy a house at 100 grand 10 years ago, it's worth a whole lot more today. A whole lot of people took that option of selling it within the last two years. They weren't so emotionally attached, mm-hmm. but it comes back to that part. We, can, we have to separate ourselves from the business. The business has its own identity. It has its own social security number. They call it an EIN. Right. So there's a business and there's Kenyon. Kenyon is not the business, the business is not Kenyon. Guess where else that comes into play? When the business does good, it's not Kenyon, it's the business. When the business go- does bad, it's not Kenyon, it's the business. You have to really be able to separate yourself from those emotions because mm. it can really jack you up. Mess with you mentally, you go home with that. Mm. And I Let's learned that lesson early because my wife was like, I can tell when you're having a good week or a, or a bad week. Mm. And I, di- I didn't want to hear that. So I had to look at myself and say, what do I need to figure out to keep this objective and separate myself from the business? And when you separate yourself from the business and somebody wants to buy the business, let them buy the business if that's your purpose and in your will. Versus it's my baby. It's not your baby. It's a business. It's, it's, it's a whole grown person. <laughs> or you can keep it as a baby, but nobody wants to buy a baby. And they ain't going to try to take care of the way they you show up. They show up. That's very true. Dang. How did you create that, that difference? How did you, do, how did you start to go from the point to where she can tell when you had a good week or a bad week? to being subjected with it? It took a lot of work. I've invested about almost a half a million dollars in myself in 12 years for professional development. 
Yo, yo, what's good, wealthy people? Family, it has been way too long since we last got together. So I am thrilled to announce that on September 3rd, we are partnering up with our guy Sam from Black Real Estate Dialogue to put on an event, uh, an experience entitled Black Wealth Now, Real Estate, Credit, and Tax Conversations. On September 3rd in downtown Dallas, we're going to have heavy hitters, past guests from BWR and Bread that are going to be giving out game on how you can attain your first property and grow a real estate portfolio, how to leverage credits to purchase assets, and how to minimize your tax liability. Man, I'm telling y'all, this is not an event that y'all want to miss. If you've been to a BWR experience before, you already know it's going to be good food, good people, good music, and a good time. So I highly suggest that you go ahead and grab your tickets. They're available in the show notes and seating to this event is extremely limited. So if you're hearing this right now and you don't want to miss out, grab them tickets in the show notes. Can't wait to see you there on September 3rd. Peace. So that's why I love coaching and working with others, because I know what it did for me Mm -hmm. just up here. Everything you see manifested in my success is a product of what happened here first. You transform the mind. Now you have limitless opportunity. We stay small. We play small sometimes because we think small and we think small because it's all we know. Mm. And so when I started seeking out things to help me with my mindset and and learning from, I'm like, hey, I want to do some things I've never done. I need to learn from some people that's done it. So I started following successful people, going to seminars and conferences and bringing my wife along with me. And so that allowed me, they taught me some key things of how they operate and how to separate that. And I'll give you a very practical example because I'm all about practical examples. One of the things I still do to this day when I come home, one of the first things I do after I give all my girls a kiss, I change my clothes. I literally put on my pajamas, right? I go in the closet, close the door, everybody knows, leave me alone. That gives me a second to um, sit down, relax, Anything that's still in my mind, I think about it, get it out the way. Anything that I need to pray about, I pray about. And I change my clothes, and that's symbolic of I'm taking off work, and I'm putting on daddy, and I'm putting on husband. Mm -hmm. And now when I go back out there, that's who I am. I'm not checking email. I'm not doing any more work. I am now home as a husband and a father. And whatever happened, happened. I'll I'll pick it back up tomorrow. Mm, That's deep. That's deep. I kind of want to get into the actual side where you're helping other business owners actually you know reach their goals and reach their dreams because uh i know you got your planner as well right correct um so what does that look like to take it from just a chiropractor practice to applying this to other businesses as well what does someone need to look for to have a successful business that makes a person say look i would like to buy that one as well it's a lot of steps but to keep it simple you want to have processes and systems that are generating revenue that are simple. Mm-hmm. You also want to be able to add value in a, in a really big way. So adding value is different depending on what, what you're doing. But for me, I think the game changer for us was when we established our culture, you know, our identity, who we are, what's our mission, what's our vision, what are our core values. Core values are overlooked because when I say all that, most people probably like, you know, that's not that big deal. It doesn't sound sexy, mm-hmm. right? But let me tell you why it's sexy. You should operate from your core values. Every decision you make should line up through those values. Mm-hmm. It should be like the person standing at the door, you know, kind of like the bouncer. Like, if your name ain't on this list, you can't get in. So if I'm trying to do business with you and I can see that your values don't match what's on my list, why should I even entertain doing business with you? Mm. 
Why should I buy from you as a vendor? Just because you're the only one in this area, but if you don't support what I, you know, what I support, if you have a totally different mindset, then why, why are we doing business? And you can apply that same thing to dating. That's how a lot of people get in trouble. They date based on how somebody looks, how much money they make, what their credit score is, and they don't even care about their values, mm. right? So establishing a culture for success that guides you, because that's what all the major companies do. So you gotta start thinking and operating like a major corporation, no matter how small you are. I call it reverse engineering, which the planner helps you with. Mm -hmm. So I looked at where do I see this practice in 10, 20 years? This is the impact I see on it all over the world. And that's what I did. So I started building backwards. So now what would it take for me to do today? What I can, can I do today to help me get to that 20 year mark? And then that opens up your eyes to a whole lot of other possibilities. So now you start structuring your business differently. You start structuring yourself differently. You're making sure you're making key decisions that will align not just with today, but align with where I want to go. If I want to, if I want to buy real estate with this business, then I got to make sure that I'm putting money aside. Mm -hmm. If I need to grow and have two practices, and I got to make sure I have a system in place that now I can train people that come in that are new, that can, they can hurry up and fit in and get this done. Mm -hmm. e even other doctors. I I'm glad you touched on the system part because that's where I wanted to go with with you. When it comes to building a company called with creating systems and all these different things to get these processes in place, can we talk through like how does that really look like in your industry, like creating a culture to get employees to buy into it? Because we've talked about systems before and it's like we talked about, you know, documentation, creating the SOPs, but how do you get that buy-in from employees? That's a really good question. So it starts with establishing your culture yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're the owners or owner, you know, whatever, put it together. What is, what's the reason? What's the why? Why do you exist as a business? Why does the marketplace need you? What's your big vision for, you know, your vision should outlive you. My vision for my practice, it's gonna take more than me. It's gonna take some generations to hit that mark. What are those core values, you know, no more than five or seven that we operate from? I document that. Documentation, right? We have a manual. I document that. And now everything else I create from my systems to my paperwork to my hiring process mirrors that. So when I go to interview someone, I give them what's called a profile candidate. And it is a one page summary of what I just mentioned. Here's who we are. This is what we believe. This is how we operate. So up front, think about it like dating. Does this fit? If you don't align with this, don't try to make it fit. If you don't align with this, it's no need for us to go further. And you got to be okay with that. But you got to know who you're looking for. See, most people, they look for skills first. Mm -hmm. I want the best person that can do this job, the best person that can run the camera. I look for heart first. I can train anybody on skills, mm -hmm. but I can't train this. Right? If they have a bad mindset, if they're negative, they're not a leader. I look for leaders because I'm a leader and I want to lead leaders. And I know if I hire a leader, I can walk away and they're going to lead and they're going to take care of it. So when you put all that stuff in place and now when you're dealing with your people, they already know. It's understood. And now you can vibrate at a much higher level and do it faster because everybody's already on the same page. They bought in from day one. And guess what those values do? So now if you step out of line, it's not Kenyon that's pissing you off or calling you out. I'm like, hey, bro, you knew one of our values was five-star service. You cussing out that last patient, that's not five-star service. So that also removes me personally from the business. This is what the business values are. 
You violate those values. If you can't be here, it's not because of me. It's because of the decisions you made that violate the company. So you put that together as a system and everyone already knows. And that also gives freedom to, even for myself, if I violate a value, someone can call me out on it. It doesn't matter where they are in the, in the hierarchy. It is what it is. And so creating those types of systems and then looking at your processes and saying, what can we reproduce easily? You know, there's customization to what I do in the practice, but there are a lot of things that are redundant and we can make a system out of to make sure that we're operating like a well-oiled machine. Put the things in place that you can put in place and then things that you need to customize or that are situational, just have them be the minority, not the majority. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That makes great sense. Makes a lot of sense. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. I mean, I, I even, I, I've had experiences with it just thinking about, as you're saying these things, I'm thinking about my different workplaces or the places that I've worked and like how they outline those things. And one, like great example that fits exactly in what you're saying, uh, I worked at Enterprise and a lot of the culture around it is um, they create a sales culture through competition. They, mm. and, and even going through further with that, they like to see whenever you're first getting hired, have you had any experience being an athlete? Have you had any experience in team-based stuff? Are, are you competitive? Basically, they get, like you said, I want to figure out where you are mentally. And then once I get you into the branch, I don't have to run competitions. You're going to bump into, into me in one day and be like, hey, man, your sales numbers look like they trying to do something. You know you ain't colder than me, right? And then next <laughs> yeah. thing you know, we in a competition. But that's because you put those people in there and you already checked that mentality to make sure that they were going to be on par with what you wanted in the first place. That's really smart. It is. And we, as, as black people, we miss out on that a lot of times because, again, we don't take the time to establish culture. We're too busy with trying to hurry up and grow. Or we're trying to staff our businesses with our family and friends. Mm, and family and friends are great being family and friends, but they're not always the fit the value. You know, you know your cousin's always late. And then you expect, it's, it's your fault. If you expect somebody to change just because you gave them a job, when you already know who they are, that's on you. And I say the same thing about relationships. I know it sounds weird, but to me, relationships are the same in every, they fit for every, um, every, every situation. Because if, if I can tell this person is messy, what makes me think that if I marry her, she's going to be less messy? Mm. Like, people show you who they are. The problem is you don't believe them. Mm. You want to try to make them into something else. Like, man, if I could just tweak that, she'd be great for the front desk. If I just get her to stop cussing. No, at some point, she's going to cuss somebody out. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be upset because it, it made you look bad or it hurts the business, but you already knew. So we don't take the time to actually establish this culture. So it goes back to what we said earlier. We want to stay operating small. My baby, my business, therefore, no accountability. Mm. But if you're going to be big, you got to open accountability because when someone comes to buy your business, they want to look at everything. And you can't just say, hey, man, that's none of your business. How we do that? Don't worry about why my mom gets paid $10,000 a month. No, they look at everything. And so that's why I said, even if you don't ever plan 
on selling your business, make it to a point where people want to buy it. That's when you know you're creating value. And it, whether it's your health that fails or you decide to move out of the country or whatever happens in your life, you have that ability to sell your business and generate even more wealth because it was already structured that way. And I mean, obviously, like I'm getting a lot from it. I can tell you, you know how to run the business. What got you into the business coaching portion of it? So I, uh, I bumped my head a lot. I made a lot of mistakes. I had a lot of failures. And then as I started winning more, I realized that I was losing in the beginning because I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a lot of this knowledge and information. And we typically don't because we don't represent a lot of business owners in America. Man, I know this sounds weird, but on my way here this evening, a car uh, on 35 started to cut me off. They were trying to get over to this exit for 183. And I slowed down because I could see what they were about to do. But I slowed down and flashed my lights to let them go ahead and go so they wouldn't miss their exit. And that's what I do. I realized that I could have kept going fast because I'm trying to get here. I'm trying to get to my road, my path, my destination. But I enjoy slowing down enough to share so somebody else can get to their destination. Mm. And that's truly what business coaching is about. How can I share some things with you to help you take the bypass to get there faster? Because when you win, we win. And when more of us are winning, we're all winning. We have greater opportunity, not just for ourselves, for our families, but for our communities. Because they always say, nobody cares about your community the way you care about your community. So instead of complaining about who's in office, instead of complaining about who's not doing what, what can we do to make a difference? Very true. Very true. Hmm. That was deep. Like even, man. And I, I I don't know I just I watched this uh this video the other day that it was a YouTube video and they were tracking, um it was oh, by CNBC man. and it was like the um where I think the title of it was where black families are reaching the American dream, and they had tracked uh 20 million uh, African American like children uh from where they were as far as where their parents started income wise to where they were and how they ended up progressing and everything it's a really good video or really interesting it was on like 12 minutes but they said the same thing you just said in that part that like a lot of it goes back to community right it's like having those people that are guiding you having those people that are telling you what to do giving you that information like if you don't have that then it's hard for you to continue doing the leveling up. So it's important for people to do exactly what you're doing as far as like slowing down. All right, cool. Let me help you over. Let me, you know what I'm saying? Let me teach you over. So I think that's really cool too. So beginning, I didn't share a lot of this. I, I shared a little bit about my mom. Mm -hmm. So my mom, like I said, never had a car. However, she still passed on drive to me, right? My dad can't read to this day, illiterate. It doesn't make sense for me to be here. You wouldn't expect me to be a doctor to go from all of that to here. To where you're at. Right? So I'm truly a product of grace. So when you come from things and you go through things like that, it's not just a way for you to brag or flex, but it's like, if that's where I come from and I had the opportunity to level up in a major way, man, who am I not to help somebody else? Mm. And here's what we miss. Any of you guys, tell, name one professional athlete you know that doesn't have a coach. I can't. Name your, your best business leader that you know of in the world that you know of that doesn't have a coach or a mentor. Can't they all do. They all, they all do. So to your point, here's the problem. 
every highly successful person has a mentor or a coach and multiple. How many coaches the NBA teams have? More than one, right? How many coaches the NFL teams have? More than one, right? So even your best player, Steph Curry, still has coaches. He still have mentors. He still have people that's out of the league that's talking to him and giving him tips. The problem is we want the high performance. We want the accolades and the championships. We want the rings. Mm -hmm. But we don't want someone telling us what we can do. We don't want somebody pushing us and holding us accountable. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we'd rather stay small in this lane and feel like we're doing something big because we got a watch or a car. And not understanding that you're settling for a lower level where if you had somebody that can guide and walk with you, you could blow this out the water. But you'll settle for being able to flex versus really being successful. That's fair. Because I know the flex. I know the benefits <laughs> of that. Everybody I, going to look at yeah. me and be like, oh, man, that nigga, oh, you know what I'm saying? But so, nah, so where would I you don't. suggest somebody that's trying to get started? Where would they find a coach? Whether it be, like, in your lane, whether it be just in any lane in general, like, where would they find that mentor or coach? It's a couple of different areas. Depending on your industry, there's always people that are leaders in your industry. So you can obviously find somebody that may mentor you and guide you a little bit. I, I, I think they're different. You know, there's mentors and coaches, and I think you need both. You can go to workshops, seminars, conferences, and find people that do that. You can obviously look online, uh, whether you just type in a Google search or, you know, look for people that are on, on, the, on the gram or on Facebook that are coaching. Uh, obviously, I'm available to coach people. I have limited time, limited capacity, so I make it count. So I'm not here for everybody. I'm only here for people that are high achievers, high performers, and they, that's what they want. I'm not here for somebody that I got to drag you out the mud every day. So if you know that you, you feel like you want to be somewhere higher, you should be, or do greater things, I can help you with that. But if you, you're not going to do what I ask you to do, you're not going to apply and implement, it doesn't matter what coach you have, you're just going to be stuck. Most of us, especially black people, most of us know somebody in the hood that was destined for the professional sports, NBA, NFL. They should have killed it. However, they never left the house because they were uncoachable. Most of the time, they get kicked off the high school team. Why? Because they can't be coached. They can't have somebody yelling at them. They can't have somebody pushing them to greatness. So, therefore, they settle for being a neighborhood legend. Man. Yeah. And it's usually the higher the talent level, the further they get before it gets stopped, right? So it's like, you'll, you'll be cold. Like, oh, you should have been a Hall of Famer. Just raw and you'll talent. make it all the way to college or make it scratch the, the pros. And then it just be like, ah, yep, nope. Sent right back down to the hood. And it's the same thing with your lottery workers, right? The people that hit the lottery. The reason you see people with fast success not hold on to it is because they don't have the foundation. Mm-hmm. They don't have the principles and mindset. And so I, I get kind of upset when I look at professional athletes. They get a bad rap. You get these kids, you know, I'm 40. Mm-hmm. So you get these young guys coming into sports. And they got $50 million. And then we're mad at them because they're in the club and they're doing all these things. Man, they just went from zero to $50 million. Yeah. And they don't have anybody that's ever taught them how to manage their money, how to manage themselves. You got to learn how to manage you. You want to lead, start by leading yourself. That's why I call myself a growth and leadership specialist. I'm going to teach you how to lead you first. And even if you're the only person in your house, I'm going to teach you how to lead your house. Because how, how would you trust me to lead a community or an organization if I can't even lead my own house? Why should you? I mean, we do it every day. I'm, going, I'm not going to lie. But think about it. If I couldn't manage my family, if I can't manage my wife, I can't take care of my family, you're going to believe me to take care of your podcast, to grow your business? I can't even manage my own first business. My house is my first business. And so we got to start looking at things from... People are not equipped 
to manage themselves and, and manage wealth. I love what you guys are doing. You're bringing so many perspectives. But if you gave the average person $20 million today, that money's going to be gone because they haven't learned enough on how to manage it. Here's my, my tip. I'll leave this with you. I say that every person should aspire to be a millionaire. Every single person should aspire to be a millionaire. And probably not for what you're thinking. You ready? Yeah, break it down. We should all want to be a millionaire, a multimillionaire, not because of the money and not because of what we can do, but because who we have to become in order to get it. Mm. That's deep. That's deep because I actually have that written on my mirror at home. I said, who do I have to become to become a millionaire? Okay, here's the key. Contrast to the lottery, the person that wins the lottery. The person I become, the pursuit that I take to become a millionaire, even if I lose my money, I still got it to get it back. Mm-hmm. But if I get the money without the character, I'm going to lose it, and I'll never get it back. And it might crumble you because you never... Correct. So we should all strive to be a millionaire mm-hmm. or be wealthy because it's going to require us to be a much better person. It's going to require us to be a better version of ourselves. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm glad you said that because people typically think that a person who's wealthy had to do horrible things to get that yeah. money. And I hate that that's the correlation that people have whenever, in actuality, people, they're really giving and Correct. they're really wanting to provide value to society to get to that level. You're right. And here's the other part. You know how I said earlier that we can't thrive in contradiction? Mm-hmm. I'm about to butt your head. Really? All right. One of the reasons that we can't be successful or wealthy or rich is because we look at other people that are as a negative thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. You won't become anything you deem as bad. Why? Because you don't want to. You Why? don't want to become it. You will subconsciously self-sabotage to prevent yourself from being wealthy because you don't want to be the person you talk about. So you'll talk about this preacher that has, this, this blows my mind. We'll talk about preachers who have a nice car. Say they got to be stealing money from the church. They got to be doing something. It's bad for them to have a nice house and car. Why? They work more hours than you. They're running a big corporation. It's called a church, but they're running a big corporation. And if the man of God is leading you, if he can't show you how to flex when you trust God, who else are you going to follow? <laughs> so you rather follow the rappers you rather follow the dope boys, and it's okay for them to have a nice car, but the person that's showing you how to do it the right way, it's something wrong with them when they got it. Mm. That's deep. It's deep. Yo, yo, what's good, wealthy people? Family, it has been way too long since we last got together, so I am thrilled to announce that on September 3rd, we are partnering up with our guy Sam from Black Real Estate Dialogue to put on an event, uh, an experience entitled Black Wealth Now, Real Estate, Credit, and Tax Conversations. On September 3rd in downtown Dallas, we're going to have heavy hitters, past guests from BWR and Bread that are going to be giving out game on how you can attain your first property and grow a real estate portfolio, how to leverage credits or purchase assets, and how to minimize your tax liability. Man, I'm telling y'all, this is not an event that y'all want to miss. If you've been to a BWR experience before, you already know it's going to be good food, good people, good music, and a good time. So I highly suggest that you go ahead and grab your tickets. 
They're available in the show notes and seating to this event is extremely limited. So if you're hearing this right now and you don't want to miss out, grab them tickets in the show notes. Can't wait to see you there on September 3rd. Peace. That's a flip on that because I've never thought about it that way before. Who else should be the one showing you? We should be the ones showing culture that you can be successful without compromise. Not culture showing us to be successful, you got to compromise. Hey, man. I'm with the bar. <laughs> Come with the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real. So, Dr. Godwin, I had one more question for you. Uh, and this was regarding the chamber. I think um, very often, uh, that's another thing in like a lot of small black businesses they don't think of very often. Uh, you're the vice chair of the Arlington Chamber of Commerce. Uh, what is the benefit and what has been the benefit to your business of being involved with the chamber? The benefit has been huge on both sides. I've been able to work with a lot of entrepreneurs. It's obviously brought me patience, brought me people uh, that's helped with revenue. It's helped expand my influence in my city and DFW as a whole. And it's also shown me how to operate a larger business and a successful business because when you're a part of a chamber of commerce, you're in there with everybody. You're in there, the Arlington Chamber, you have you know, people that work for the Texas Rangers that are represented there. You have you know, all these organizations, their leaders are in the chamber of commerce. So now when I'm sitting down at a function or a lunch or networking, I'm listening to you and I'm learning from you. And when you give a presentation on your company or you talk about what you have going on, I'm like, I never thought about that. I didn't realize I could do that. Right. And then there's opportunities that come from that, that now I can approach this person and say, hey, I'm Dr. Godwin. I do X, Y, Z. Do you have a need? Does your company have a need or is it possible for me to come and speak to someone about this? So there's so many doors and so many things. But I think for me, I never approach the chamber from a standpoint of just what can I get from it? Everything I approach, including being here tonight, my prayer is how do I add value? How do I contribute? Because when my life is over, that's what I want people to say. I want to remember, like, man, this dude adds value. This dude was about helping other people. And when you go into any organization with that kind of heart and that kind of intention, you're going to do well. You'll reap because you're sowing. One of the things I hate to see when people go to chambers or networking groups, you have people that walk in. And, again, it's how we're taught. we all about us. We hand out business cards to as many people possible. we like, Oprah, boy, you get a business card. You get a business card. You get a business card. <laughs> and what we don't realize is the impression that leaves. So you asked me earlier about coaching and why I want to do this, right? Because I realized there are some key things that we haven't learned about the boardroom. And it'll make it hard for us to get to the boardroom unless we get these principles down. Well, now that I'm here, I have an opportunity to help guide more people towards the boardroom. And like, hey, now I'm going to tell you, if you're late, here's why it's a big deal. And this is free. And I'm not trying to insult anybody, but I, I got to help. And I, I learned this in the boardroom, listening to somebody's conversation and somebody walked in late. When you are late, and I teach this, I got an online course that's, uh, that I'm about to drop, another one, but I teach this in this course. When you're late, what time management tells responsible and successful people is you can't be trusted. You're unreliable. Now, we would never think that because we used to CP time. CP time will keep you broke because what happens you could get a big business deal. There's people in the room that want to help you. And we'll interpret that as they don't give me business because I'm black. They don't help me because I'm black. 
this ain't for me, so I'm gonna check out the chamber. I'm done. When really, they were open to giving you business, but the way you presented yourself showed them that they can't trust you. Who's gonna give you their contacts, their biggest people to take a deal from you if you can't be on time? Because if I recommend, if I say, hey, I got a relationship with Jerry Jones, and uh, Jerry Jones is looking, to, looking for somebody to come run a podcast for the Cowboys. And I'm like, I'm gonna sh- I want to give these dudes a shot. I think they'll kill it. And I, by the way, I do think you would. If I do that, and consistently, every time I turn around, you guys are late for the podcast showing, I can't go to Jerry with that. Because what happens is, when I give a referral or a lead, and if it doesn't go right, if you guys are late, it may hurt you a little bit, but it hurts me a whole lot more. And so that's the lens we got to look at. When we don't show up and we're not professional, we're killing ourselves because now people are like, man, I can't give you my mom. I can't give you my best contacts. I can't give you this high-level business because now they're going to come back at me like, hey, man, I thought you told me these dudes were professional. Exactly. I thought you told me that he was, he was the real deal. So we got to look at that too. We got to do better. When you know better, you do better. We got to do better so we can be better. And that's why I love what I'm doing. Can we just for ignorance sake take a step back? Uh, can you kind of explain just the Chamber of Commerce, what it is, and, and why people should be involved with that in the first place? Great question. So, the Chamber of Commerce, I'm going to keep it really simple. It is an organization, most cities have them. It's an organization where it brings together all the business owners or a good portion of them. So, you have a place for business owners to come. They, they give back to the community, they're educated, they make key policy decisions on things that are going on, but they also pass and do business with each other. So it's like a business owner's club. You come in a part of this, you're a business owner, we learn about you, you also get some skills. So like when the pandemic was going on, the Arlington Chamber had uh, you know, all the information about the PPP loans, the EIDL loans, as well as what's going on with the pandemic. So you're getting first rate information all the times way before everybody else does. So when you're a member and there's things going on in Dallas, whether they're talking about changing the zone in for short-term rentals or whatever, we get that in the news today. But that was probably discussed in the Chamber of Commerce a year ago. Mm. So that also gives you the opportunity to make key business decisions ahead of time because you're a part of this organization. And when there's big business things that are being passed or debated in legislation, now you're a part of a body that you can contribute ideas that can influence that. And so sometimes, and this is what made me also start Dreams Consulting is being in those rooms and those boardrooms and seeing the influence the business community has on the greater whole. We get excited about being able to go and vote and voting is important and I'm excited to vote. It's, it's amazing. But here's the difference. When you're involved, you get a chance to help choose the menu. When you're not involved, you just excited to choose from the menu. Mm. So I'm trying to help more Christians, more black, whoever want to be a part of what I'm doing. I'm trying to help people have more influence of the menu. So you're not just like looking at steak or sea bass. Well, yeah, you can get excited or you can get mad about the choices or you can grow your business and be connected to a point where you get to influence what's actually on the menu. Mm. So we're tired of being mad about the menu. Let's start making sure that we can influence what makes the menu in the first place. I like that. I think that's a powerful note to uh, actually end on. So I want to go into my three questions that I have before we Got get it. up out of here. First one, are you frugal or are you a flexor? I'm probably more frugal. I like nice things. Uh, I don't buy new cars. I, I try to get pre-owned lease returns and uh, keep them as long as I can. I don't wear a lot of jewelry. This is from Africa. I'm not going to tell you how much it costs, but it was a lot lower than what you expect. Uh, 
So representing the homeland. This is Italian Twine Watch. I'm from Virginia. I represent these guys from Virginia. So I like nice things, but within reason. And I stay focused on what I need to do. Second one. What is your, what are you doing to build wealth and pass it on to your family? Growing these practices to a point where either I'm going to sell them or um, whatever the case may be. That's a very big strategy. What I have planned for Dreams Consulting, what we're doing with that uh, is going to require, uh, it's going to lead to me acquiring uh, real estate and doing conferences and retreats and all types of things. Uh, and then I have a whole list of things that I'm working on. It's just a step-by-step process as I have utilizing the resources and funds and working out this plan. So, you know, you, you plan to work, then you work the plan. Okay. And last one, do you have life insurance? Absolutely. I have life insurance. I have so much life insurance. I, let me not say that. I'm in Dallas. Y'all might try to take <laughs> me out. Uh, but I got life insurance, uh, a plethora of, of life insurance, as well as my business, my businesses have life insurance policies on me as well. That's important. That, that is uh, important. Is, is it the key person insurance policy, or do you have like a damn? I'm forgetting the, the slip. Of, I forgot the other name. The I got a couple of different policies. Yeah. Just being honest, right? So a couple of different policies to make sure everything would be taken care of. Um, and if something did happen to me, un- unfortunately, not only would my family inherit or have this practice that's worth a lot of money, but all the debt and everything that was there would be paid off, and there still would be surplus on top of that. And so sometimes we don't realize the vehicles that we can have with insurance. And I feel like your health is a very important life insurance measure as well, because you need health to build wealth. Mm-hmm. And having poor health can disqualify you from being able to do a whole lot of things. So, yes, I do have life insurance and take good care of myself as well. I appreciate the uh, transparency, my brother. Definitely. I'll let David get so, to his last question. I, my final question for you, Dr. Godwin. Man, I'm sorry. This shit's driving it's me. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't get poison ivy, y'all. Um, my final <laughs> question for you is, what's a personal finance tip or principle that you live by that you would like to share with our audience? Personal financial tip, I would say... Yo, yo, what's good, wealthy people? Family, it has been way too long since we last got together. So I am thrilled to announce that on September 3rd, we are partnering up with our guy Sam from Black Real Estate Dialogue to put on an event, an experience entitled Black Wealth Now, Real Estate, Credit, and Tax Conversations. On September 3rd in downtown Dallas, we're going to have heavy hitters, past guests from BWR and Bread that are going to be giving out game on how you can attain your first property and grow a real estate portfolio, how to leverage credits to purchase assets, and how to minimize your tax liability. Man, I'm telling y'all, this is not an event that y'all want to miss. If you've been to a BWR experience before, you already know it's going to be good food, good people, good music, and a good time. So I highly suggest that you go ahead and grab your tickets. They're available in the show notes, and seating to this event is extremely limited. So if you're hearing this right now and you don't want to miss out, grab them tickets in the show notes. Can't wait to see you there on September 3rd. Peace. Is uh, I tithe first. Mm. The, the minute my paycheck or money hits the account, we uh, I, if my wife is not with me, I call her, we pray about it, and we pay our tithes. I look at God as the source of everything I have. And so I'd rather be obedient and let him bless the 90% that I have versus uh, trying to figure out what to do on my own. And like I told you earlier, I've seen him stretch 
what I have way too many times. So tithing is, a, is, is my most important personal financial tip, but also having a plan and goals that mirror your values of what you and your family or you and your business want to do is, uh, is a great thing as well. Hmm. Can I, I sure share one more quick thing? Yeah, 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 sir. For sure. This isn't about finance, but it's about purpose. Everything you do in life should be centered around your purpose. In business, I talked about in business, it should be centered around your values. But your personal purpose should guide who you are, the decisions you make, and what you do. When you look at somebody that wins an award, when, when you go to win an award, they read off all the stuff that you've already done. And sometimes we get distracted on social media because we're looking at everybody else flexing. And then we just stop doing. We get comparing ourselves and we want to, you know, I'm not there yet or I'm not doing this. And what you don't realize is it's going to take time for the world to catch up to who you are and what you're doing. And you got to be comfortable with that. You got to know that you're not going to get the accolades, the likes, the followers and all that stuff up front. You got to work first. And so don't get caught up on waiting for other people to co-sign who you are and what you're doing. Work out of your purpose and let them catch up. Because when they read that award list, this is what you've already accomplished, not what you're about to accomplish. And so if we don't actually work on accomplishing something, we don't get the accolades and recognition. So don't live for recognition. Live out your purpose, and that will guide you and get you to true peace and fulfillment. Success without fulfillment is failure. Mm-hmm. That's deep. It's a powerful bar right there. Success without fulfillment is failure. Now, I can't take credit for that part. That's Tony Robbins' quote. I, I like that, though. Right? I like that. That's the shit, that, like you said, right on the mirror right there. Mm-hmm. But, Dr. Godwin, man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and giving us some game on this podcast episode. For everybody that wants to tap in with you, how can they follow you? If they want to get to get in touch with your business coaching services, how can they get with Dreams Consulting? If they want to get their body right, I mean, you know, <laughs> you got the, the chiropractor practice as well. How can, you, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Best way would be probably Instagram. Uh, we have at Dr. Kenyon. It's K-E-N-Y-O-N, D-R-K-E-N-Y-O-N. That has the links to both the practice as well as Maximize Your Purpose is the coaching consulting company. That's on both Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Everything is Maximize Your Purpose. That's what we're about. Uh, the office, we have two different locations. You can look at www.tx wellnessdoc.com so it's texaswellnessdoc.com chiropractic is for everybody it's not car accidents it's not back or back, back or neck pain chiropractic is truly a performance i'm a performance doctor i help people's body perform at their best and so you can come when you have pain or you can come early to make sure you don't have pain i need to come visit you i ain't gonna lie my last chiropractor visit was like three months ago but he told me the same thing he was like look just go even if you're not feeling it just go so i need to come visit you <laughs> Awesome. Well, again, Dr. Kenyon, I want to say thank you, man. Yeah, this thank has been you. a great Appreciate episode. And we'll hop into a couple house cleaning items now and wrap things up. As always, everybody, thank you for tapping into the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Make sure you leave us that five-star rating and review. If you're watching this on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Like my brother said, hit that noti bell. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah. What else we got for him, man? Uh, we got the Stack Summer Challenge. If you are looking to get yourself together for the summer, we ain't going outside. We chilling. Yeah. We're making sure that we're waking up in the, in the morning. We're meditating. We're praying. We're getting our body right. As he said, health is wellness. We're working out. We're making sure that we're getting active, staying moving. We're making sure that we're eating at home. You got food at the crib. You don't need to be eating out all the damn time. 
um, and we're preparing and getting ready. Um, we see what's going on with the economy. We're getting ready to actually, you know, be in alignment for whenever things really just hit the fan and you can be in a position to execute and buy assets whenever they hit their lowest. That's whenever a lot of people build wealth. So we're trying to get everybody in our circle caught up. I have a personal stack summer goal of $10,000 for the month. Well, for the summer, that's from me just working my current deployment. I want to save $10,000 from that deployment. Uh, David, his is five. Um, so it doesn't have to be wherever we're at. Whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you see fit for you in your personal position, in your personal situation, come up with that stack summer number and then text the word stack. S-T-A-C-K two three three seven four five five seven 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 eight. That's yes, all sir. I got. Yes, sir, man. Stack some of y'all get with it. Jared? Man, nothing to add just other than, you know, y'all definitely make sure that you take all the information from this episode and, and try to apply it, man. We got some really, really good business tips, life tips just all across the board mm-hmm. in this episode. And I appreciate that. So definitely take that and see if you can apply it to your life. And go get y'all back fixed, man. <laughs> there you go. Well, on that note, y'all, this is Black Wolf Renaissance signing out. Peace. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.